Hi there, and welcome to the Pep Talk podcast, the persuasive evangelism podcast. Um, as you may hear already, I'm not Andy Bannister, and I'm not Christy Mayer. Um, I'm, in fact, Steve Osmond, standing in for the two of them, who sadly couldn't uh, be with us here today. Uh, but I'm very excited uh, to be with you and very excited uh, for the guest that we have on the show today, uh, Reverend Dr. Hannah Steele. Um, Hannah, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I'm great, thank you. Um, thanks for inviting me onto the podcast. It's lovely to be with you all. Yeah, so um, you said that you are calling in from London and that's where you're based, am I correct? That's right. So I live in South East London in a glorious place called Peckham. Uh, it's a very vibrant uh, part of London. I've been here for 25 years now, so it very much feels like home. Well, I've got um, a few questions for you um, based on some of your your writing. Uh, you've written uh, two books. The first is Living His Story, Revealing the Extraordinary Love of God in Ordinary Ways, uh, which came out uh, just in the time of the pandemic in 2021. Um, and as you were telling me, you have written a follow-up, uh, Living His Story Together, Being a Community of Missionary Disciples, which is coming out uh, very soon, you said. Yes, it's due to come out in June. So it's a sort of follow-up to, to the first one I wrote on, on evangelism. Oh, that is fantastic. I'm very uh, excited uh, to to get our hands on that and to see sort of what that's all about. Um, but I see in your uh, bio here, you, your, some of your interests are football, baking and traveling. So I thought um, I would dare ask you, uh, which football team do you support? Well, so though I live in Peckham, I am originally from the Midlands in Birmingham. So Aston Villa um, is my football team. Oh, and it's can. a great time to be a Villa and fan right now. It is. It is. <laughs> bravo. Bravo. Okay. So getting a lot yeah, of I'm, respect I'm, from people for being a Villa fan yes, at the moment. It's quite nice. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, being from South Africa, I luckily at the moment sort of just stand back and say, well, you know, I don't, uh, I don't uh, support any team in specific, but maybe I'll join you with the Villa for a little while, just uh, seeing as they're doing so well. Um, and baking, uh, if you had to pick one thing off the top of your head, what is it your favorite thing to bake? I think I would go for chocolate brownies just because it's the recipe I really could do with my eyes closed and it always, you know, goes down well, whatever, however Amen. well baked it is. Yeah. Amen to that. I will get behind that fully. Uh, and then you say here, traveling, that is one of your uh, sort of favorite pastimes. So best place you've ever visited? We spent four months as a family in Uganda and I fell I in love it. with the people and the place of Uganda. It is a stunning country. It is so beautiful, so much na natural beauty. And the people yeah. are just remarkable. So it has a very special place in my heart. Amazing. When was that? Um, 2015. 2015. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, I, I haven't been up uh, as far as Uganda yet, but hopefully one day I will be heading back that way. Um, so, as as we've um, as I've read there your your bio, um, you have been involved with uh, quite a lot, um, and I, and I think what I really like, and for the the interest of us with this uh, the pep talk podcast, is really uh, the the mission, the apologetics, the evangelism, because that that's really all uh, what we're about here at um, pep talk. Um, and so, maybe a first question. How did you how did you get into that? What, what was your I suppose journey of faith that led you to want to study and then end up uh, teaching in these areas as you do? 
So I was brought up in a, a Christian family. My dad was a vicar, so um, kind of had that lovely sort of faith environment at home. And I think it was when I went to university um, to study theology, because I, I had always enjoyed, um, you know, exploring my faith. I came into contact with, for the first time, with people who really just had very different perspective on life to me. Many of them are atheists, agnostics, and yet they were hungry and, and open to kind of hear what I thought um, and why I believed what I did. And it was such a rich time for me at university. And I had the privilege of meeting Michael Green, who was a real evangelist back in the, the 90s. Um, and he was such an inspiration to me, led a, a large mission that I was involved in as a university student. And I think seeing his ministry really impacted me as well as seeing some friends come to faith and just having those, those conversations that made me think about my faith in a rigorous academic way that I perhaps hadn't done previously. Okay, that's fantastic. I've um, uh, the, just this past week, I was out at St Andrews doing the events week uh, talks on on a range of topics, and I just love. There's something about that phase of life, the university time, where there really does seem to be such an openness. Um, as much as people, you know, may have you know, maybe be even like antagonistic towards uh, faith and belief in God, it seems like. Uh, at the base, there is this openness to at least hear other ideas and engage. Um, so it's really formative, I think, for, for so many people. So it's really cool to hear that you've had those discussions as part of your, your journey as well. And I think for me, a lot of it was people having a sort of a perception of Christianity that wasn't particularly helpful or or true. Um, and I think now for students today, I mean, I see this now with my children at that age, the conversations they have with their, their friends. It's not so much that people have preconceptions about what Christianity is about. They really just don't know. And there's almost like a novelty mm. to meeting a person of faith. Um, and there's such opportunity yes. there. Yeah. It's interesting you say that. I've been having a few uh, conversations lately around, you know, as, as I'm relatively new to the UK, coming from South Africa, um, just trying to understand the context um, better. Um, and so there's these discussions around, you know, you have many uh, families, many communities that are a couple of generations down the line who really have just no Christian context as well they, they very rarely maybe met someone of faith um never picked up a bible for themselves um never set foot in church um and it seems strangely enough that actually that's opened up some opportunities to actually share the bible without all of that baggage coming along is that something that you'd say you've you've seen in some some way Yes, absolutely. And I think that is the post-Christian or post-Christendom culture that, that we live in that is increasingly, um, increasingly that way that the Christian story has sort of slipped from our corporate memory. Um, and actually, there just presents this opportunity to speak about the Christian gospel in new and fresh ways. But it means we can't presume that people know what uh, we mean. Like we use a word like sin or even talking about right, God. Right. People don't have a framework for understanding what that is. And so that we have to be really clear with the way we describe and define what, what we mean by those things. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I, li I like that. Um, I, I was doing... Um 
just a little read up on your first book and and someone uh, wrote there the, the book seeks to provide a, f- a fresh perspective on evangelism pursuing Walter Brueggemann's description of evangelism as uh, an invitation and summons to switch stories and therefore change lives and, and to me that I kind of I remember reading that um, and so what you've just said this this idea of switching stories um, in what way do you think we can bring the the truth of the Christian story um, to to culture, um, be it in the university setting or friends, colleagues, uh, family, whoever it might be, um, specifically from that that perspective of a better story. What do you think is the best way to, to actually do that? Yeah, I really um, sort of got hooked on that idea a few years ago, hence where the book sort of takes its inspiration from that Walter Brueggemann idea. And Brueggemann's an Old Testament um, scholar, so he talks about the sort of the drama of the gospel as being, you know, this big story at the heart of the universe. And you see the sort of cycle of kind of um, creation, fall, redemption, glory, sort of in in many cycles throughout the Old Testament. Yes. Um, and so so I think, uh, you know, obviously that is the story of the, of the gospel um, and we can bring that story into our world today in a number of different ways by connecting it to some of the smaller stories in our culture, whether that's through films, through through books, um, finding those connection points for the gospel that, that sort of... Um, yeah, demonstrate or or point to that sort of larger story. But we can do it in our own lives just through sharing our story and our experience. That is one of the great things about a post-Christian culture is that everybody's experience is in theory equally valid and, um, you know, we can listen to one another's stories. And so there's, um, I think the starting point for many of us can be speaking of our own experience of, of God. Um, and I think sometimes when we think about sharing our story, um, we think, oh, well, I haven't got the dramatic testimony of like near-death experience mm. and this miracle. I mean, some people do have those stories and they're wonderful and we should creatively share them, but not every Christian has that story. But we each daily have a story of God's presence in our lives. Little answers to prayer, a feeling of um, security and peace in a moment of anxiety or fear, and we can speak of that. Um, and in doing so, I think we begin that work of connecting God's story that we are part of with the story of the person that we are we are talking to. Um, so I think there's a number of different ways we can use that story um, element to speak into our culture. Yeah, that's um, that's fantastic and, and really really helpful. Um, especially as again I mentioned, I'm thinking about you know the the context here in the UK. Now I come from a background of studying in the sciences, and when I became a Christian, sort of midway through uh, my degree and started sharing my faith in, in some way, uh, people started asking the question: Well, how can you be a scientist and believe in God? Um, and so it was very, these very like rationalistic questions: um, the science and God, or reliability of the Bible all these kind of things it seems though and i think as as you're saying people are they've moved away from that a little bit they're thinking more about these bigger questions of their existence and and the purpose of life and meaning and you know what are we here for um 
and and so I think as as you point out, that is a way that we can bring a, a story in to show how Christianity gives sort of this better map of meaning to our lives, which we can locate ourselves in. Um, so maybe with with that in mind, what do you think currently are some of the biggest barriers to people's uh, coming to hear the gospel or or coming to to put their faith in Christ? Do you mean from the perspective of um, the barriers for us as we share our faith or for those that we encounter? I would probably say, yeah, both. Um, I know that, you know, there's, there's a lot of fear. So this uh, for years and years, I didn't share my faith because, you know, well, what if I say the wrong thing or, or get it wrong or, or look silly? Um, so there's definitely that aspect. Um, but I think as people are, are going out and sharing their faith, what are, do you think, you, you think some of the big questions that people have or, or some of the stumbling blocks that they have to faith? So maybe I'll just speak first of all to the barriers perhaps that we have because I um, – I think we can, um, as you say, be very fearful. There was some uh, Abana research, um, a survey done recently that sort of talked about millennial Christians, so sort of young adult age Christians, um, and how they all felt, basically the summary of the survey was that they felt they should be sharing their faith, but they felt really uncomfortable doing so. And I think mm. there is a real question around the ethics of evangelism. And, and is it valid? You know, can you speak of your faith? And obviously there are lots of um, context in workplace where you can't um, speak of your faith in a in a public way, um, and so I do think we need to do a bit of thinking around the ethics of evangelism. And again, this is why I found this Walter Brueggemann idea really helpful because he talks about evangelism as an invitation to enter into God's story. And the thing about an invitation is it's just freely offered and it's not a coercive thing. There's no manipulation. There's no you know, not even sort of too much persuasion. There's, it's just an, an invitation that is that is offered out to people. Um, and I think that can be a helpful way to think about we are just simply offering. Um, and it might be that we're just offering, you know, a conversation starter. We're just offering our own perspective uh, that may be a sort of a helpful way to get a conversation started and get us a little bit beyond the fear of, oh, gosh, I've got to try and convince someone to believe something against their, against their will. We're just offering right. an invitation. Yeah. For, to a different way of looking at, at life, yeah. you know, almost saying to our friends, just come with me for a second and imagine this could be true. How might that change the way you view life? Yeah. It's that sort of posture, Absolutely. I think. Yeah. Um, but then in terms of, of the barriers that people face, um, I mean, they will be uh, <laughs> varied on, on in terms of the person. And that's why listening is so important. Um, you know, we always think about evangelism is about talking. But evangelism, first and foremost, is about listening. What's God already doing in this person's life? Where can I see signs of God at work already um, in this conversation and in this person's life? And then and then beginning with, with that. So asking questions, you know, have you had any experience of, of faith or, or religion? Tell me about your understanding of the meaning and the purpose of life. Opens up the conversation to a sort of more... Yeah. Um, a deeper, a deeper kind of place, and obviously there will be large issues, the barriers around individualism, around you know the nature of belief itself, around you know the history of the church. Those are questions that come yeah, up time and time yeah, again. Yeah, but it's in yeah. an in individual I, I think, approach. I think. Yeah, what you've shared there, I think, is so good to just remove that 
that pressure that there is, um, you know, hey, you're entering into a conversation with someone and you can share that experience you've had and just ask good questions and then, you know, let the conversation uh, go where it will, I guess. Um, and so that, that for me is definitely uh, on the, the personal side um, of evangelism. But then your, your book that's coming out in June is really sort of shifting gears slightly, it seems, to more the, the community aspect of things. Uh, the subtitle of the book there being a community of missionary uh, disciples. So I want to ask you a question on, on that. If, if I were, say, a, a pastor or a church leader um, who, who seems to be in a church where this isn't really part of the culture, um, this is a culture of evangelism and, and reaching out um, to people, what um, do you think are maybe one or two things you would say to that leader um, for them to really start shifting that culture um, toward being this culture um, of missionary disciples? Um. So there's a number of things I would say. I mean, the obvious one, and I'm sure they are already doing this, of course, is to pray. You know, prayer changes the atmosphere. Prayer changes and shifts our wills to align them with with the will of God. So, you know, prayer is, I hope, a given in this in this conversation. Um, I think identifying the evangelists is a great thing to do in in any church. And I think, you know, even in a church that might not be very sort of missionally minded together, there, you know, there might be one or two, perhaps sometimes on the fringes of church life, because they don't actually always find Sundays that engaging or that sort of, you know, the place where they yeah, most want sure. to be, but they might be out in the community doing other things. And I think if you can identify a couple of, you know, evangelists, people that do have that ability to speak winsomely about about Christianity um, and, and draw them together, you can maybe start something with a small little group, even just gathering to pray, to encourage one another, to imagine creatively what, what you could do. So I think that can be one way uh, to sort of start get some energy going because then they can be a sort of example to, to others. Um, and then I think it's looking at um, what are you doing in your church at the moment and how could you just turn the not like the sort of not one dial up. So instead of going, okay, you know, we have this parent and toddler ministry, but no one ever speaks about Jesus. Let's next week do a full gospel presentation and an altar call. That that might not work. But, you know, how yeah. could you just dial it up one little bit, one degree temperature on sort of everything you're doing in the church that you know, connects with people outside the church. And that might be gathering to pray before it. It might be going into that parent and toddler group saying, God, give me an opportunity to speak to someone of you. Just um, it might be introducing a little Christian activity once in a while. I, I, you know, there's lots of different ways you can do it. But to think of it as move, upping the temperature just one little bit across a number of activities um, rather than coming with a huge new big strategy that might for some churches be a bit overwhelming sure that's fantastic that i think that that's really really helpful just a few small little hooks that we can hang some things on um i have so many more questions that i'd love to ask you but i see we've we've already uh, run out of time um so just a, a huge thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us today um at pep talk and, and share a little bit about your your background and and the ministry that you're doing um i'm really looking forward to your book coming out and i'd love to uh, chat to you again once that does come out 
um, and once I read it. Um, and yeah, we would love to have you back again sometime. But um, thank you so much for your time today. Um, we, we really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. It has been lovely to be with you. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Um, and I will hopefully chat to you again sometime soon. Okay. Thanks so much. Take okay. care.